From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Greetings, podcast listeners, and welcome to this episode of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition, this week for the week of June 19, 2011. I'm your host this week, the adventurous Wayne Toygo, and joining me as always are my intrepid fellow Disneyland correspondents, the enlightening Tony Spatel. <laughs> Thank you. Traveling Tom Bell. Yes, sir. And the vivacious Nancy Johnson. (laughs) In this week's show, we're going to talk about some of the continuing changes over at the Disneyland Hotel, including what's new at the Towers, the pool area, and over at Trader Sam's. We'll have all that, plus news, roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, I think summer came immediately, especially up here to Northern California. Oh, yes, Central California is getting it, too. We were 107 or something like that today. Goodness. Be- yeah. be- uh, Orange County, maybe 82. Oh, That's gee. it? That's as hot no, as it it's got? it's been nice up here for the most part. Well, I think for our first segment this week, we're going to list every location of every water fountain <laughs> in the entire Disneyland Resort, starting with the parking lot. How about how about ice cream carts, too? We should do that. There we go. That's a good ad. <laughs> All right. First off, does anyone have any housekeeping? Okay. I guess I will come clean just to remind everybody that I will be running in the Disneyland Half Marathon. The Tinkerbell Half Marathon. Nice try, the Tinker, The Tinkerman Half Marathon. <laughs> Very good. In January. Good. I'm running no matter what. However, if you guys send some money in to give kids the world a great cause, I will then embarrass myself. But for the kids, I will do it. If we send in $2,000, if we raise 2000 bucks, I will wear wings and a tutu. The tutu will be over sweats. That is not non-negotiable. But I look forward to running. And if we raise the money, I will look forward to wearing those things. So check it out on the boards and where else can they find the information um, there should I'm just running I don't have to pay there's, a, there's always the a link in the sh- there's always a link in the show notes good because I don't pay attention show. to that I'm just working about getting in shape and the psychology of me wearing the things you guys such, feel the such a brave stuff. boy intrepid you did call us intrepid so you did indeed, indeed. okay that's it Another, Thank you, Tony. Another quick housekeeping. I think we should apologize for the show going up probably a little later than it normally would this week. Um, we had a little technical difficulties, and we are re-recording the show. So also, if you hear us giggling in- uncontrollably, that's probably, <laughs> uncontrollably, that's probably because we remember something from the last show that was funny. AR2! <laughs> it's a rerun! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't yes, know about that, guys. This is like deja vu. But the fact that we're re-recording, I got some tidbits because I went to Disneyland today. So I'm going to share those later. You're Ooh, very you. nice. And I just saw actually a couple more new new little uh, rapid-fire-y things, too. So, Okay, All anyone right. else have any other housekeeping? I'm good. In that case, Nancy, take it away with the news. Okay, we have a handful of news stories this week. 
Let's go interesting, and then let's go down, and then go back up again. Okay, and in fact, our first news story has to do with things being up and down at the Disneyland Resort. So first off... The carousel? Which Tower one? of Terror. Tower of Terror. Okay. Dumbo. <laughs> well, you know, along with all those exciting rides, the ticket ride is up again. Uh, uh, so now a one-day part... Basically, the the one-day tickets went up $4. So the one-day one-part ticket... Change is now 80 up from 76. The one-day park hopper, which means you can go to Disneyland and California Adventure on the same day, is up to 105 from 101. So if that counts as the $100 break, or do we got to wait till one park is 100 bucks? Uh, Well, let me give you the four different annual pass ones. Um, The one with the most blackout dates for Southern California residents is the Southern California Select. That's up to $199. That was a $15 increase. Um, The Southern California Annual Passport, second amount of blackout dates, $269. That's a $30 increase. A Deluxe Annual Passport, um, which is not limited to Southern California residents, Three seventy nine up fifty bucks, and last but not least, this is the ouch. Premium annual passports, no blackout dates. Um, four ninety nine for which is a forty dollar increase. Keep in mind that one also includes parking. The deluxe, none of the other passes include parking, and parking went up this year too. So that is a big ouch. Yeah, that's, that's a big ouch all the way around. Well, you know what? The, my second story about things being up ha- may actually have something to do with that current economy. Overall, nas- nationwide in America, North American theme parks, attendance went up 1.8%. That's nationwide. As far as the Southern California theme parks, attendance is actually up 5.6%, averaging all of the parks in Southern California, and that's six of them. What's interesting about this is Disneyland only had a 0.5% increase in attendance. California Adventure had a 3% increase in attendance. Knott's Berry Farm down the road, um, 8%. And this big surprise is Universal Studios Hollywood, a whopping 26% increase. That's incredible. What's new at Universal? The King Kong? No, no, no. Ah, yes. I'm ready to go off on something. Go go ahead. Okay. You know what? It doesn't have to be anything new. Disneyland has finally reached the price break for some of these people. Agreed. Not for me, because I'm going to spend whatever it takes, but... I don't think there's anything special at Knott's or anything really special at Universal. I've been to those parks within the last year yeah. at least. It's they they're affordable and they aggressively have single day ticket price deals. You know, at the grocery store. Yeah, buy stores. one day, get the whole year free. Exactly, yeah. their annuals are tons cheaper. Knott's yeah. is like tons cheap. Universal's is very reasonable. I think Knott's too. The whole they. I think they haven't really done anything crazy with those two parks to get the increase, which is interesting when you look at how much money they're spending at at the Disneyland Resort, both parks. The cost-benefit doesn't seem to be matching. Yeah, from all the King Kong reviews, King Kong really didn't do anything for that park. So, mm. And I, I think this trend actually might continue. I'm not an economist. I'm just a person who talks on a podcast, 
but because I think maybe we they it's the it might just be the price. If you're a teenager, if you're a young college student, you've got limited income. Where are you going to spend your twenty five bucks? And the passes, the passes are passes, and I think it's a whole different ball game for people who buy passes. But it's that day, that one day, the, hey, I'm off today, we're all off, it's Veterans Day, let's go to Amusement Park X. Well, you know, and the family with two or three kids, and they don't go on big vacations, but they live in Southern California, and they're going to pick, and they're going to look at the price and see which ones go where. Um, what about SeaWorld? Did you have any information on SeaWorld? Um, yeah, actually I did, and... I wanted to ask you guys, is this the first year SeaWorld's joined in on the buy one, buy a day, get a year? No, they've had that before because I've bought it before. I've okay. got, I've, I've got the day and the year, and then I never went back. Because they're down 9.5%. Wow. wow. Now, hey, this is... That's also my, surprising. Now, here's my economist theory, <laughs> the only the school of economy. But um, I think um, SeaWorld's too expensive for what you get. I think, in terms of... I would agree with that. And I think it's different. RC World out here in San Diego, I think, is different because it's it's as much of the sea life as it is trying to be... It's not really enough of an amusement park. Did it, there's uh, not, yeah, are there rides not. there compared to the Florida version? No, there's more in Florida. Yeah. There's more in Florida. There's a few. There's the They have like the Rapids ride. They have Atlantis, which my son loves. He says it's his favorite ride, and I looked at him... Not half of what he said. I was like, what are you talking about? This isn't even close, but he was with his 10-year-old buddy, so maybe they know that thing works. So um, they have maybe like one or two others. So it's more about Shamu and the the whales and all that. And education. And if you're charging 60 to 70 bucks, like 70 bucks if I'm going on a bunch of rides, okay. But 70 bucks... As much as I want to help the oceans, I think I think that's part of their problem is they kind of are in that marketing um, in between. Yeah. We're an amusement park, but we're really not an amusement park. But yeah. we're going to charge you like an amusement park, but we're really not. I think that's my that's my guess. Okay. Because then my well, whole economy theory goes out the window because they're cheaper. But I still think for almost seventy dollars, it's too much. But let's get back to the Disney annual passes. For any of you, has this hit a limit? Because it has now hit a limit for me. At 500 bucks a year, this is now making me second guess. And if well, they didn't, if they didn't initiate the yearly renewal, the automatic renewal thing, which they haven't really put into play yet, but it's around the corner, I would consider not renewing this year. Yeah, but- yeah, if, if they hadn't, and uh, we hadn't talked about this, but if they hadn't put in the payment plan, uh, that would be really rough to renew. Um, yeah, because remember the payment plan is for everyone now. So, well, the payment plan has been expanded f- from just Southern California residents to all California residents. Yep. Now, but see, Wayne, you're also looking at it too from a different perspective, since you aren't as local as the rest of us. I mean, you have another what two-hour drive past what Tom has. Correct. Um, I I'm coming from it. You're from six a hours vacation. away. I'm yeah. coming from from a vacationer point of view, not right. a local point of view. For so me, for us locals, I always. Be- I always balanced it, balance getting an annual pass against how many multi-days am I going to do a year. 
And yeah. ironically, it seems to be consistent around if you're going to visit 10 days over the course of the year, then it's worth it to get an annual pass. Even so, I'm now looking at that total cost and going, do I want to go that many times in one year? It's, See, it's at that limit. It is at that limit. And honestly, if I wasn't a part of this show, it would be seriously considered after this one renews this year as to whether I would wait until next year or renew when this one goes off. Well, technically, the break-even is, if you want to look at a premium annual passport, um, technically, the break-even is five single-day visits. If you're because, looking at single-day. Yeah, but if you're looking vacation, at single-day. Vacationers day. aren't likely to do that. Vacationers right. are going to do multi-days all in a row. So right. I usually use, like, the three- or the four-day multi-day passport that they yeah. used to have. And that works out to about three of those. By the time you've bought the third one, you might as well buy an annual. Yeah. And I don't think most premium pass holders look at it from the day perspective. Like for our family, it's this is our entertainment for the year. We do other things, but for the most part, it's kind of what we do for fun because we're local enough that we can go after school or whatever. So we kind of look at it as a total bill for entertainment, knowing that we're not going to go to we like we don't do, go to a lot of ball games and we don't go to a lot of movies. We go to Disneyland. Yeah, right. But um, so my question is though, with all the if you add this and the price of gas, so Wayne and Tom, mm-hmm. because okay, mm-hmm. take take your take yourselves out of a podcast and out of you know loving Disney so much. Pretend you didn't have not have to, but pretend you didn't right. do all this extra stuff. If you had the gas in this, we wouldn't be. Would it, have, we wouldn't have annual passes now. It's just that simple. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. I mean, it's and everything else is going up, so I, I understand. But I don't know. I think at least out here, they this might have been the point. I don't know if it's like I know it's only four dollars, but I think psychologically, where a lot of these numbers hit. That four ninety nine is yeah. Yeah, that's five hundred. Exactly. What I'm waiting to see exactly. is what I'm waiting to see is next year's increase because we all know it's going to happen. And, is, and you is know to see how much is. they're gonna as to see how much they're going to bank on the or what they're considering to be the value of Cars Land and the when Cars Land is finally open, what they feel that the population would consider the value and additional fee. That's well, what to, I'm looking to see next year. Well, to me, if you're because right increase, now they're pay, they're doing this to pay for it. Okay, well, if you're increasing it this much for basically a third of a park at Disney California Adventure with construction everywhere and restaurants not open yet, then I hate to see what they're going to do when everything's finished. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm I'm looking to to see what happens next summer because you know they're probably going to do these ticket increases before the summer season next year. You know, because that's the way they're going to capture the mass of the revenue is all the people flocking to see Cars Land and stuff. So uh, might, there might not be as many people flocking if the economy continues the road down the road it is, and they can and gas prices keep going up, especially with Disneyland being so local. Now, not to beat this whole ticket thing to death more than we already are, but mm. one one of the things they've added also added that we kind of can compare to Florida is that they've added three through six-day non-hopper tickets. 
Mm-hmm. Last year they added the the two day non hopper. Right. This year they expanded it all the way up to six day non hopper tickets, which is kind of interesting. That it's is like interesting. They're, like they're trying it's, to go, they're they're heading towards the wear a vacation destination right. thing. Like you're going to spend all day at California Adventure and then all the next day at Disneyland or something. Well, you know, and when everything finally opens up in 2012, yeah, you could probably spend definitely all day at California right. Adventure. But now I'm not sure that they would. No. I'm not sure it's a value. With expirations in two weeks or or six days good forever? No, no, no. No. Yeah, expiration two, day, two weeks or 13 days or whatever it is. Same, okay. as, same as a normal okay. multi-day ticket. Okay. Well, while we're on the subject of tickets, let's. Um, this brings me to my second news story. This is a story that's a good caution to everyone because people have actually approached me when I was walking through, like the Esplanade in between California Adventure. You know, Let's as see. I was. Are leaving. you Nancy Johnson? Are you on the podcast? No, no. no. She's so vivacious that uh. I was like, Look at that vivacious lady. Thank you, boys. Um, this story is actually a caution because a Disneyland ticket scammer was arrested in Pleasant Hill, California. Um, Pleasant Hill being up near San Francisco. Um, 51-year-old Pleasant Hill resident Lisa Marie Casanelli had been arrested by Walnut Creek Police after selling fake tickets to Disneyland to at least seven different Northern California families. Um, they basically um, they were investigating fraudulent cases sold on Craigslist. The suspect agreed to arrange um, arranged to meet victims in person and sell them the passes at discounted rates. And, and what's really scummy about this one is the female suspect had a younger female who she identified as her daughter with her when she would meet her victims. That's just scum. Anyway, that's. My unprofessional news reporter's comment. <laughs> um, anyway, the sub- suspect often included a fraudulent receipt to show she had purchased the park passes. Um, victims usually paid several hundred dollars for the passes and only discovered that they were fraudulent when they tried to use them at the gate at Disneyland. Um, they confirmed three cases involving the same suspect. Investigation uncovered two more victims in San Ramon and another two in Pleasanton. Obviously, they arrested this gal, but like I said, I have actually been approached. This is one of the things these scammers do is they approach people who are leaving the parks and ask if they have any tickets they want to give them. Right, and use then tickets. They even, use if there's, tickets. even if there's no days left on them. Yeah. Right. They ask you for used tickets. Do not do not help these criminals. Don't give people. Yeah, I've, I've seen them at, at, the, at the tram tickets. stop. It's it's just it sucks. And then people take advantage. And also, once again, don't buy your tickets on Craigslist. Buy them from an official recognized ticket vendor. Be it your, tra- you know, a travel agent that arranges that stuff from you, or just at Disneyland. There's no, um, the one thing about Disneyland is they don't really have any advance purchase discounts. You except know, it's funny you like say that. AAA. <clears throat> well, on even, their own website. Yeah, on their own yeah. website. As, as I was walking in today, I heard a family, and I think, you know, as I'm the, pa- I'm the pass holder, quote unquote, that knows everything, and I'm walking by in here. The, the dad in the back and the where the, the mom and the kids were up buying tickets said, Entertainment? What about AAA? 
What about <laughs> like they were throwing every possible discount, and I almost yeah. said to them, "Like you're not getting a discount. It's Disneyland. Like unless you bought it at Costco before." Yeah. Once you're, you, like, and that's the thing is people are looking for the cheaper price, so they'll go to the Craigslist. You just got to suck it up and know that it's Disneyland. You're not getting discounts unless if, you buy some sound, big if package. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Okay, and then I've got to get in this late-breaking, this real fast late-breaking story, and it's really fast, I promise, because this is our last show before 4th of July. We're not going to record until after 4th of July. Um, we just got a news, a press release today saying that um, Disneyland's celebrating July 4th, from July 1st through the 4th. Um, guests can experience nighttime, a special nighttime spectaculars celebrating America. At California Adventure, there's an all-new Independence Day World of color pre-show which is going to run right before each showing of world of color so it's going to combine video water effects lighting and fireworks to create a celebration of american independence Woo-hoo. and at disneyland they're going to be running um they're going to commemorate independence day with disney celebrate america a fourth of july concert in the sky the special fireworks show is obviously patriotic music and red white and blue fireworks and free and the brave and all that Okay, thank you, Nancy. Appreciate that. Let's move on to Rapid Fire. Tony. Okay, in downtown Disney, right next to the remote control boats, across from the ESPN zone, two new merchandise tents have opened for business. Imagination Station features scrapbooking items, about half of which are Disney-related. The other tent, Little Miss Pinafore, features embroidered aprons and frilly toddler dresses. Open Thursday through Sunday until September 15th, and uh, I spoke to one of the um, owners or managers, and they look to move into a permanent kiosk in the future. And I didn't, I didn't have the heart to tell them to ask the cupcake lady about her permanent kiosk that two years ago is still being wait. We're still waiting for her to get that built. No wait, these and are tents. Now, I think I sent pictures because I, I wanted people to understand why I'm a little. Kind of, hmm. So this is, since this is the Tony Cranky episode, these are tents, and I think they are the kind of tents you would see at a, not a cheap swap meet, but a, like a crafts fair kind of thing. They're tents, and my thing is they put them right at the end, kind of like they were looking around going, do we have any space we could make a buck? Right there, let's go. And they just put them there, and it's not even Disney stuff. Really dresses and aprons, I don't, I mean, there wasn't even like a mini apron or anything. And the frilly dresses, like if they're if your toddler is going to be on one of those, uh, you know, pageants or something. But um, I, I didn't I didn't really get why they're oh, there. Oh my, plastic crates. Oh, you see, oh you can see. Yeah, oh. it's it was, it was just put there. And a cardboard was, sign on the. Oh my, okay. Like okay, I mean that makes it sound even worse than I actually wanted to make it sound. But my whole thing is okay. Why are we putting? Uh, I can understand if it was food because you know if it's food, I'm good with it. But, or at least like Disney. It, it looks like something you'd see at a farmer's market or, or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Was this because something wasn't ready or was this intentional? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, maybe forget it. Maybe something wasn't ready. But probably not. Mike is intentional. Because it's only there for up. the summer. Like this one picture with like the ribbons and the rat, the scrapbooking supplies. That's like all, you know, store fixture type stuff. Inside that tent. Where was this located? 
right next to those remote control boats in downtown Disney across from the ESPN zone. So as you come in from the downtown Disney parking lot, um, which many people might not unless they're really, really local. Um, yeah, that's like the, it's the first thing you see after the little parking kiosk. The big open wa- area. The only big open area they have yes. down there. It's right by the, it's right near that stage. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't like, the tents kind of made me feel icky. I, I wow. Know. Wow. I, I, I'm not impressed. I'm really not impressed. So I'm just, I just, again, with the price raising, I just, I, I, putting these things all together with me in the last like week kind of, and I wasn't expecting to see it, especially when my poor cupcake lady is still waiting <laughs> for her permanent kiosk. Well, at least she's, in a, she's in a permanent, semi-permanent location. She's in know, the center there. She's got a good thing. I see people up there all the time. I know, but when I first talked to her, when it first opened a long time ago, she said, and we're going to get a permanent kiosk soon. And that glint in her eye, like, yes. <laughs> and Yes, I was happy for her. And I'm thinking to this lady, like, yeah, you're going to get a permanent kiosk. All right, sure. Once they figure it, like, I don't know, I just... I love downtown Disney. I love Disneyland. I go there a lot. I just didn't like the. T- I don't like the fact that they're tents. Okay. If so, I might have to have a churro bet as to which who gets the first permanent kiosk: <laughs> Cupcake Lady, Little Miss Pitafore, or Imagination Station. And frankly, as a mom of little girls, that Little Miss Pitafore stuff just didn't even cute. <laughs> oh, snap! 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 Fingers over the head. That's not even cute. It isn't. I'm looking at this picture you sent me, and it's like, oh my god, I wouldn't buy that stuff for my daughter. But okay, now, now in their defense, they could be. That's a, an opinion thing. I thought they were adorable. No, I think Adam. I'm just joking. Now I'm feeling bad for the poor shop owners, managers. It's more of the fact that they Disney allowed them to put up a tent in downtown Disney. Well, and their dresses are in plastic. Well, because they got to move them every night. I mean, I'm sure every night they're putting stuff away and whatever. So, what do, yeah, what do they do? If, not- what do they do during the week? Take the tents down, or? Well, that's what they said Thursday through Sunday. Obviously, because summer it's busy. Okay, you were there today. It was Wednesday. What were the tents like? I didn't go to. I didn't see the tents today because I didn't look for them. Hey, Andrew, we got to stop by Little Miss Pinafore again. <laughs> no, um, I, yeah, I, I didn't. I actually fine. didn't. I didn't go back to the parking structure that way. I went the actual legal pathway that they want us to go. So um, I didn't see. Okay. And plus, it's not a Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. I know. That's what I was saying. Oh, what but did they do on Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. I will go back on a non-Thursday through Sunday, and then we'll now have housekeeping for the next episode. Awesome. There we go. Okay. I'm done. Thank you, Tony. Okay, Tom, how about you? All right. Thank you. Um, I'm Kind of pulling a, a fast one. I'm changing rapid fires from what our fake show that we recorded last couple days ago. As Red Night season comes to an end, Disneyland has announced some changes to the annual event. In 2012, grads are going to have more time and more flexibility because they're going to be receiving park hoppers that are good for both Disneyland Resort and California Adventure. Um, and also, they're going to be receiving a special Fast Pass. And once Disneyland closes, they'll be having a private showing of Fantasmic. But the big news is beginning in 2013, Grad Night will be moving to California Adventure, Ooh. where grads will be able to enjoy World of Color and the new Cars Land. Interesting. Yeah, did we see this one coming? Or yeah. I mean, with the cancellation over in Disney World, I thought we were kind of safe of changes, but... Well, at least they didn't well, cancel it. Yeah. 
but you know the pathways are so much bigger over in California Venture, the the main walkways and stuff. It's just it's better flow, not better flow design, but it's larger flow design, so it it isn't as cramped as Disneyland. I don't think that's the reason they switched it. No. Sorry. It's well, and plus it's it, it's a way to sell more tickets because of the appeal of Cars Land. No, that's not why they changed it either. No. Okay, so well then, well now we're all saying why they didn't change. So why did they change it? Why did they change it? So they could sell because they want tourists to be able to go to Disneyland. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But also, you know what? It lends itself more with the whole electronica with the concerts kind of thing going on. They got the There's boo. More. They got the boo. Oh wait, no, never mind. No, that's guys. illegal. But um, oh, yeah. they, they, they have, have more electronica. The, the show to, that never ends. They have to bring their own. They have places to have the concerts. They have rides that. I'm glad this wasn't when I was in high school because then I would have ever seen the wimp I was and was be afraid to go on all those rides because Disneyland is scary. The, they got the thrill rides, yeah. They've got yeah. the big thrill rides, so they might get more people to go. And so I yeah. can. They've got I the can, two stages in Hollywood. They've got the Aladdin stage. They've got the the Hollywood backlot stage. They've got Paradise Pier stage. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of built for a grad night. Yeah. So. Sounds cool to me. Well, and speaking of things coming to California Adventure, can I go next? Well, I guess you have to. Well, because I'm the only one left, right? No, I no, have No, you mine. have yours. Well, do go you want to go? Okay. Go Nancy. Fine. Anyway, um, so with everything else that's being added to California Adventure, a couple things kind of just slipped under the radar. Starting this weekend over at the Wilderness Explorer Camp. Uh, the Wil- the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail? That's it. Yay. That place, fire letters, <laughs> all that crap. Um, they're booting, giving Brother Bear the boot. He's been by Coda, yeah. by Kenai. Yeah. They're bringing in the Wilderness Explorer Camps, uh, featuring Russell and Doug from Up. And it's gonna go to. You're gonna go over to the uh, Awani. 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 <laughs> Thank you. The Awani Camp Circle. Because, you know, it's one of those Indian names. See, I that's one of those deja vu moments. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Um, and they're going to have a special ceremony with Russell and graduate um, to senior wilderness explorers. So the guests enter the trail, they'll meet Doug, and they'll start going through all these different activities to earn their wilderness explorer badges. I you thought think- that sounded like a, that has the potential to be a lot of fun. So do we know whether it's going to actually be like if someone who's supposed to go in thing? Yeah, like do we know is it going to are you going to be are you going to have to participate in these things or can you just bypass them? I think well, I guess because they're we won't know until we try it. Yeah, I would. I'm my impression of the way they're advertising it is that you need to go over to the Iwani Camp Circle. Okay. To start. So, I don't know. I'm really looking forward. I think my kids are going to really like it because that's a very popular area for them anyway. And then um, I guess what we'll check out a couple shows from now will be uh, July 9th's um, new debut of Phineas and Ferb's Rock and Roll and Dance Party. Woohoo. And that's going to um, be. I know what we're going to do today. <laughs> that's going to be. That wasn't that funny, good. Sorry, I live in a house full of Phineas and Burp freaks. Um, it's going to be located in the plaza area right across from the entrance to the Little Mermaid um, over by the Paradise Pier area. And it's going to feature a DJ spinning songs from the series and and 
I guess are going to be able to join in on dances and activities. So I'm thinking we're going to be having a lot of the S to the I to the M to the P. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I come think, on. Oh, no, nobody explain it. Let's keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And to wrap up with my rapid fire, uh, Cars 2 is opening this week everywhere, but especially at Disney's El Capitan Theater in downtown Hollywood. The El Capitan has been having extra features or events or dis- uh, displays. Um, and for Cars 2, they're going to continue with their outdoor playland. This time it's the Cars 2 World Grand Prix, and they're going to have such features as the Time Trial Racetrack, the Eiffel Tower Bungee Jump, the Wall O'Tires Climbing Wall, Tokyo Tower Slide, and Mission McMissile's Spy Game. Sounds kind of fun. That's usually just a little bit extra to your ticket price and is included then after you see the film. Also, this July, up at the Walt Disney Family Museum, the theme this month seems to be Walt's fascination with outer space. And they're going to be showing a film that I've actually never heard of. It's called Moon Pilot. The description of the film is travel to the moon with this high-flying comedy where a young scientist encounters numerous funny mishaps when his trip to the moon is redirected to a different planet. The events are happening all month. They're all around outer space and outer space themes. It sounds really fun. I think I'm going to have to get up there this month. Is anyone else going to visit the museum this month? I, I'm going to get in trouble with Tony if I say I'm going up there. I know. Outside. He's going everywhere. He's going to go to Never Neverland. He's going everywhere. Neverland. <laughs> oh, not the Michael Jackson one. I was whatever the Peter Pan one is. I was, forget it. I mean, have still, to meet I'm, you up I'm, there, Tom. I'm cranky. You're going to the Disney Museum and a cruise and all that other stuff. And I'm not. Oh, poor Tony. I you know. can always come up. We could have a group trip. That's true. Okay, I feel better. And that'll conclude (laughs) Rapid Fire. (laughs) Let's move on. Let's move on to our topics. This week we're going to talk about the latest construction updates over at the Disneyland Hotel. There is still a lot going on. A lot of new things continue to be opening. We, I think, are definitely now seeing parts that are going to be completed, and we're going to look forward more and more to some of the areas being finished and opened up. Let's start right at the top and talk about the new pool and the new monorail water slides. I was over there. I think a few of the rest of you were over there and took a look. It looks just gorgeous. I was really impressed. Really Isn't cool. it pretty? Mm-hmm. I it love really the retro is. stuff. I love Indeed. the retro stuff. And and it's not small either. What I like about it, and, and I guess the water slides really bring this out, is the sign and the whole tower there really rises up, up out of the area. It really stands out. It makes a nice little landmark for that area. Well, I think, I think one of the things that Nancy and I noticed is that the slides don't exit into the pool, right? They're, they're in just a pool of water. Air- yeah, it's like it's a, it's almost like a splash pad kind of zone yeah. where it's, it's the upper they come end into of little pool catch pools. And it, well, I think it's a nice effect because you've got 
you've got that beautiful waterfall that comes out of the Disneyland's um, retro Disneyland sign at the top. So and for so, those that haven't seen the pictures, at the top end of this pool, at the top of the tower where you where you actually walk up to get onto the water slides. There is an old retro Disneyland sign with the classic Disneyland D. And coming off that sign is a giant waterfall that spills all the way down into the catch pool. And then the water slides go off of that tower railing that you've climbed up the staircase from. Yeah, so it's got kind of just a really unique feel. And you actually slide through the monorails as you're going down the slide. So like little tunnels for the slide. And what I didn't realize until later in the evening is the color scheme changes colors on the sign. Mm-hmm. Really? It's really nice. It's very pretty. It's it's almost a glow in that area. Now, is there a maximum height or and or weight that can go on these slides? Just what are you trying to say, man? Come on. I'm sure there's probably a minimum height, but I don't think there's a max. I didn't see any signage when can you grow, and I were there. Up, can grown-ups go on these slides? Yes. 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 Okay. The answer is yes. Okay. There then is have- one. One is a right. little taller than the other, so I get the feeling one is more geared to some of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. One is more general purpose. They're good-sized slides. Yeah. And just that whole area is designed really nicely because there's. Um, they've also moved the hot tubs into that area, too. I love the bridge that goes from the one side of the pool area over by where the Tangaroa Terrace is now across the whole pool complex over to where Goofy's and Steakhouse 55 is. Well, and I'm really fond of that redesign also because before they did that sort of cut through, there wasn't really a very convenient way to get around that, you actually had to go all the way down past the pool, past the lawn, all and the walk over around. by the Lost Bar and in. Yeah, 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 agreed. And, and so I think it's going to be a nice, I think that bridge is going to be a nice spot for couples to, to stand and just really enjoy the view, for families to laugh and point and sneak preview things, as well as for people who are super hungry from one tower to the next. Now, from what I understand, the original Neverland pool area down at the bottom, I think that's closed now, isn't it? It closed just after the this, this new pool area opened. They put the walls around that, and they're redoing that area now. Tom and I got to enjoy the uh, enjoy a wonderful lunch at Tangaroa Terrace to the sound of bulldozers yeah, as exactly. they were ripping the pool up. Oh, so, this so is are a- construction walls up now around the pool area, the, the Neverland pool area? Yes. Yeah, that's all kind of condensed in and really tight now. So you cannot get from Goofy's Kitchen to the Wonder Tower without going all the way back around um, all of the other towers. And and that that's double effect because some of that was because of the continuing construction on the Magic Tower. But I agree, as I was there last time, now you really have to know where you're going. There are a few signs, but to get from the central area, either at the main lobby area where the check-in desk is, it, to get from there back to Goofy's and Steakhouse 55, you actually have to go back around the Fantasia gift shop, past guest services, 
and onto the hotel, in, I mean the uh, convention center entrance area to yeah. get back to there because you can't go around the outside anymore. Yeah. So keep in mind for all of our listeners that are trying, that are going and actually staying in rooms at the Disneyland Hotel, um, in, within the next month. I know for me, when I came and went to that press event with Tom, as I approached that hotel, normally construction doesn't bother me at all. When they were constructing the DVC wing to the Grand Californian, never bothered me. All that stuff. Even when they were just doing the Wonder Tower, and the Magic Tower, it never bothered me. But, I mean, not the Magic, the, the Dreams, Dream Tower. Yeah. When they did those two towers away from the center check-in tower, it never bothered me. This actually kind of made me a little depressed and disappointed when I walked up to it. You know, because I could see big holes from where they were, you know, renovating out the rooms. And, you know, they didn't have windows up on all the top floors and and I think you're right. That's because you're now seeing it first sight. It's the first thing you're now visiting when you come into the property. And then that wasn't so bad until I tried to exit the building to go meet Tom for lunch at Tangaroa. And you and walked right into a big blue wall. I walked right into a big blue wall. And then I'm like, okay, how do I get to Tangaroa? And I actually you got to go all the way around the back of the Dreams yep, Tower. You have to walk underneath the, the sculpted sorcerer's hat and then turn around the back of the tower and then go all the way around and make a ride at the wedding garden and go back in. Now, and thankfully, there are signs there, but I agree, you do have to be aware it's not just an easy walk anymore. So keep in mind that that's just going to be a little frustrating. If you understand and know that before you walk in, much you're going to be much happier about your life. So speaking of the, of the Magic Tower, it looks like they've now started on the upper floors of the Magic Tower, which means now all the original standard rooms are probably gone. Yeah. There, it looks like the scaffolding and all the construction is now all the way up to the top. So they're well on the way to completing, or at least to working on, all the rooms now at the Magic Tower. Does anybody know the deadline or when it's supposed to reopen? I had that. I, it's sometime next year. And speaking of the construction in the towers themselves, I did wander through the Dreams Lobby and the Wonder Lobby, and there's definitely now been some upgrades in both of those lobbies. One the thing Dream- we prob- probably should mention is that they're no longer called the Dreams Tower and the Magic Tower and the Wonder That's Tower. Good point. What's their new names, Tom? <laughs> oh, let, let me let me. Okay, the Magic I can Tower. Help. <laughs> the Magic Tower. No, I, I know it. I'm just the Magic Tower where you check in is now the Fantasy Tower. Correct. The next tower over that is going the other direction used to be the Dreams Tower, is now the Adventure Tower. And the final tower, the furthest away tower, is now the Frontier Tower. So now we have all new names to remember. Oh, God. This is number three <laughs> version or something? It is. So now the... Let's see, Adventure <laughs> Tower, formerly the Dreams Tower, it finally got some new furnishings on the uh, on the inside. I saw new sofas, seats, lighting, tables. I'm pretty sure they even got a new floor. It got new banisters for the staircase. It's finally starting to look a little bit better, a little upgraded in that lobby. But the biggest change, I think, was around the corner at the 
Frontier Tower, or Wonders Tower, is now taking on the theme of Frontierland. The most notable piece that's in that lobby is this great recreation of the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. This thing is huge. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't this a copy of the original Imagineering model? Yes, exactly. It's a scaled down, it's slightly scaled down. It looks great. It adds a lot to the lobby. It's fascinating to look at. And this lobby also, after having been boarded up for a really long time, now has new open areas, new furnishings, new lighting, new tables, new flooring. It looks very nice. It looks very, very nice. And that spills out onto this wonderful meadow area that's right in front of the new monorail water slide pool area. Very serene, very nice. Did you all get to see that? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I love the plannings. It, it just, it even smells frontierish because of the camper well, trees. Well, and they have and the, that, oh. that fireplace area there with the seating and the, oh, it's the gorgeous. Couches. Yeah, it's really cool. Let's talk about that little fireplace area for those that haven't seen this. This was actually pretty cool. Between the towers, in the central meadow area and just in front of the new restaurants, the Tangaroa Terrace and Trader Sam's, there is this little conversation area with a wonderful outdoor fireplace pit, fireplace pit and, and structure. There's a bunch of seating and table areas, looked very comfy, very homey. I can't wait. And, you know, as someone who's a... Um Local and doesn't stay at the hotels as much as I'd like to. <laughs> um, I wish someday. Um, the uh, as I know, a lot of people sometimes will go and hang out, in, or at least I will, um, in the Grand Californian lounge—not the lounge, but the big lobby, the lobby with, with the cushy the- couches. I think mm-hmm. this little fireplace area has the same feel to me as an outdoor version of that. So if I'm in Disneyland and I want to just take a break and relax and just calm down or whatever and I'd go over to that Disneyland hotel and get off the monorail, go over there and just hang out and relax. You don't have to be a guest of the hotel to enjoy the fireplace. And that so. really used to be the fun of going to the to the hotel before yeah. long before California Adventure. One of the funnest things for me used to be to arrive on like a Friday night and spend Friday evening just at the hotel. Tony's absolutely right. It's these kind of little t- touches that would make just hanging around the hotel, going over to the restaurants, seeing what the sights are, it's going to be a wonderful experience again. Yeah. Really I part think, of the resort. I think it's really going to bring that feel back, like, you know, the wandering through the wandering through that garden reminded me about like wandering through the old Oriental Garden. Um, and stuff, and some of those areas, and the old Monorail Cafe, you know, that kind of just relaxing, cool feel. And speaking of the garden area, right behind this this outdoor seating fireplace area we're talking about, they still have the Cinderella wedding area. And I got to see a wedding which the bride was entering on Cinderella's carriage. It looked absolutely wonderful. I can't imagine Another kind of wedding that would be so so great. I Wait, Wayne, you're a wedding crasher. Is <laughs> not this, I, this something not we didn't I. know about you? Not you're, I. You're hanging out. Oh, okay. Just, and and this is the part where I don't bring up for the seventeenth time that I got married at the Grand California. I think it's really cool. I love wedding. You got married at the Grand California. I didn't. 
She's married? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go back to Okay, Wayne, go ahead. Bring us back so, to where we're supposed to be. So then, making the full circle, we come back around to the other side of the pool, and that's when we get to the Tangaroa Terrace area, and right beside it, what I think is going to be the most popular place in the new Disneyland Hotel Resort, Trader Sam's. Yep. This place, I really had a good time. I had a chance to visit it. Who had else a really has been there? Too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who else got I, to go? And you remember going? I do. I do. <laughs> well, it's right beside Tangaroa Terrace. Yeah, I didn't get to go to Trader Sam's, but I got to hear the music and kind of experience. Look at the couches that I wasn't sitting in right next to it, but it looks like a really cool place, and I, I, I want to hear what you have to say about it. But I do have a question, because if not, I'm not going to pay attention the rest of the time, so I just have to warn you. Oh, okay. Are, ki- are, are kids allowed to go into Trader Sam's? Because to me, it was kind of a bar thing. It is a bar. It is a lounge. Families are definitely welcome. We'll get to the menu in just a second. There isn't a bouncer at the door, at least not at the time I saw. I did see families inside. There are definitely non-alcoholic beverages and food items for everyone inside. In fact, let's talk about the place itself. So you open the big door, and especially in the daytime, you walk in, and it seems very, very dark because it's not a very big place. It's kind of tiny, but it takes your eyes just a little bit to get adjusted, and once you do, you see decor and trinkets and items everywhere, on the walls, on the shelves, on the ceiling, hanging from everywhere, on the doors, on the windows. It's wonderful. It is like walking into a Tahitian paradise. Nice. Uh, you know, for our Walt Disney World listeners, our Walt Disney World fan listeners that are interested in coming out to Disneyland for the first time, I think a really good comparison here is a mix of the feel of the inside of the Tiki Room plus the inside of the the old, now defunct Adventures Club from downtown Disney, um, Orlando. The other so, place that also is reminiscent of is over next to the Jungle Cruise, the old Tahitian Terrace. So, yes, a lot of hints to those attractions. And fun spend, hints to other attractions in the parks and the movies, too. You could spend... Hours just reading and looking at all the stuff that's displayed everywhere, and that's half the fun of being there. I picked up a seat, and I couldn't stop looking around, and so was everybody else. Everybody was just pointing and laughing. Um, Nancy, you found a reference to one of the movies. I found um, a lovely jar labeled Paradise Falls. From the movie Up. Yeah, and another, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, another really cool thing I found on the wall, which is actually right as you come in, you can't miss it. It's a really interesting architectural document from an excavation of the Temple of Mara. Just like that as it came out of the tomb, yeah. Yep. Some of the pillars that hold up the ceiling are actually giant tiki torches right from the Enchanted Tika Room. Mm -hmm. And the coolest part about it is 
there are so many extra little special effects that happen inside the room. Without giving away all the little secrets and stuff, let's just say that the room isn't static. Things happen periodically, every once in a while, not all the time, but you have a window. You're looking out the window at the tropical paradise. Sure would be terrible if a southern Pacific storm came tumbling through the tiki room bar. It's really fun. It's really fun. Now, when... You spent a few hours there, right? <laughs> I did. I spent two hours there. One drink I of really three did. cups of coffee. Did I, you I, notice I a schedule of things, a, you know, like a repeating schedule of certain activities of things in the bar? No, this was really random. And so okay. I couldn't tell if anything was like triggered or if it was just, you know, whatever happened to ha- uh, happen at the time. I know that the cast members who are serving also interact with what's going on in the room. They were just wonderful. Those cast members worked so hard. They never get enough credit. And at Trader Sam's, they deserve extra credit. They act as waiters, servers, bartenders, comedians, interactive characters. Again, I really think this is going to be a wonderful place. The one downside that I saw is this place is small. This place is going to be a capacity challenge. From where I was sitting, there's the three-quarter bar with seats all the way around and then some tables around the outside of the room. A little bit of standing area, but there were only seats for about 50 people. So I don't know how crowded it's going to get on the inside. Now, there is seating outside, to be sure. And that would be fun, too, because of the music. Uh, you guys mm. you guys heard live music. Oh. Yeah, we did. Infatuated with the Hawaiian Ensemble. They were really good and cute. <laughs> okay, they were good. <laughs> so you weren't infatuated. I was not infatuated, no. I, I okay. appreciated their musicality. Okay, but you weren't in. Fatu- she's you were more infatuated with the chicken lettuce wraps. So wonderful. Let's talk about food. <laughs> I also had those things. They were just wonderful. There is a small bar food menu with a number of different items, and this is not the standard bar food things that you get at your local tavern or local family restaurant. No cheese, These- no cheese sticks? I did not see that. <laughs> what I did see is unique items similar to the kinds of things Tony's been finding around the resort and some different menu-style items. And these lettuce chicken wraps are certainly one of them. You tried them, right, Tom? Yes, we had those. those they were awesome. Tell a us about them. A little spicy side. A little spicy chopped chicken served in a, a, a lettuce, lettuce cup with some rice noodles on top. Um, I think they may have had some chopped onions or so, you know, some green onions or something on there also. But they're they're kind of trended. Build your own, the, right? Uh, they they were served to us, but they're kind of trended like the um, like the ones at PF Chang's for people who have been to a PF yeah, Chang's they're restaurant. Really good. I was really impressed. And then um, drinks, they have a they have a. You forgot to talk about the fried oh, green yeah, the meats. Rest of the, the rest of the food. Oh my god. The fried green beans, the the little pokey uh, um, with the guacamole on chips, um, the little um, short ribs. 
with the tasty tamarind sauce. This is another reason why I think I'm going to, this is going to be my favorite place, is I'm going to have to try everything mm-hmm. on the menu. Yep. Okay, talk they about the drinks have, now. They do have a full drink menu, and it goes from simple to exotic. Simple drinks, just like you would expect, but then the specialty drinks were just wonderful and fun to look at. Some of them light up, some of them glow, some of them smoke. And if you order a beer, there's a special surprise, which you'll have to see when you get there. Really, really fun. They also have a whole selection of non-alcoholic, all the standard soft drinks and sodas and such like that, but also some specialty juice drinks, which also looked really fun. The one that I almost ordered for myself was called Schweitzer Falls. Nice. The backside of water. <laughs> the backside My of favorite water. joke. Did, did the one we try have a special name, or was it just the pear ginger martini? Um, I don't know, but man, that sucker kicked up a big old punch. <laughs> it was good, though. I it can was definitely good. recommend the Lost Safari. Because <laughs> after that drink, I was definitely lost. <laughs> Are so you sure that all these decorations were really there? You guys talk about all these things that you pointed and looked at. Are you sure I'm, this wasn't an imaginary thing? We have photos. I'm telling you, I, I wasn't sure until the room started moving. <laughs> We can't escape without talking about dessert. They didn't have many dessert items, but one of the items they did have was, what was it called, like the triple dessert? It's the trio. um, Tony mentioned it on his blog. The dessert trio. This has a small pineapple upside down cake. A little cup, which they call a fruit parfait, but don't picture cut up pieces of fruit. Picture like a fruit pudding, a fruit jello, and like a fruit like topping all layered together. It was just wonderful. You like that one too, right? Yep. I think and we then, all did. Even Tony's son liked it. And then the third one was this wonderful chocolate hunk brownie, which was different from what you get at the uh, in the parks at the bakeries. This was this was just moist and wonderful and decadent. It was really really good. I, I really like Trader Sam's. I can't wait to go back. I say, Dismeat. <laughs> I say go. I I think so. I think we should do it. So we're looking forward to the final completion of the rest of the refurbished rooms. We're looking for the final completion of the pool area and the rest of the surrounding area in the central part of the hotel complex. And we're getting very close to this being finished. I I think we should mention real quick that we have already done a a full review of the Tangaroa Terrace, and that's on our June 2nd show. Since we're talking about Trader Sam's today. Correct. Okay, well, that that should wrap up our uh, Disneyland Hotel construction update, and that should do it for this show. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Stay cool, everyone. Happy we'll see you all everyone. again next time. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye.